Hello, Tom Shanklin here. It's great to be with you today. I've got something to share with you that's going to help you today. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you the story about how God got me out of debt. And uh, miraculously, supernaturally, but over a period of time. It was not instant. But, uh, you know, God is interested in every aspect of our life, including our finances. And, uh, you know, if you're hurting today over a financial situation, I want you to know God loves you. He's got good news for you. You know, Jesus said when he uh, opened up the scroll in the, in the synagogue uh, in Nazareth, he said that he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. So he cares about poor people, needy people, people that are in debt. In the Lord's Prayer, he said uh, that we should pray, Father, forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And, uh, you know, God supernaturally brought me out of debt, you know, and it began um, many years ago, probably over 30 years ago that this began in my life, or about 30 years ago. But um, it didn't happen instantaneously, but it happened based on the Word of God, and it happened because of godly wisdom. And I just want to share the story because I think, I think it might help you. You know, I was a... I was a born-again Christian. Uh, I was spirit-filled. I had gifts of the Spirit. Um, I had faith in God. I saw miracles uh, in my life and ministry. I had pastored two churches. Uh, I had served on the foreign mission field, on, on mission trips. Uh, you know, uh, God was moving in my life. But you know what? I was in debt <laughs> up above my eyebrows. Amen. I mean, I... I was I was so far in debt that one time I at one time I would just keep a dollar in my pocket so I wouldn't go broke. And uh, you know, we raised a family, uh, pastoring a small church with very little money, you know. And uh it was it was difficult, it was very hard, but we made mistakes. Uh and we needed wisdom, you know. And so I want to share with you some of the wisdom from the Word of God that helped me uh, to get out of debt. You know, when we are in a financial pinch, uh, it's easy to just think, oh God, just dump some money on me and fix this problem. I need a miracle. And I tell you, God is a miracle working God. And he does that. Amen. I know, no doubt, many people have received instantaneous miracles that instantly delivered them all their debt and so forth. It didn't work that way with me, but I did receive a series of miracles. But through the time uh, that God brought me out of debt, he also gave me wisdom. And, you know, sometimes what we need more than a miracle is we need wisdom. That's the truth. And the things I'm going to share with you today uh, pertain not only to finances, not only to debt, but uh, any area of life. Uh, wisdom is very, very important. You know, in, in Proverbs, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with it, get an understanding. It's the principal thing. And, you know, one of the ways that God really blesses us is through wisdom. Even in the area of health, we need wisdom, you know. So uh, I pray that this will be an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. Uh, just before we get into the message, though, I want to mention our website at shanklinministries.org. And, uh, you know, please take a few minutes after the uh, message today to go over there. That's our headquarters online. 
We've got, I think, 700 posts, articles, videos, audio, uh, information on our ministry, what we do. We've got a, we've even got a school of ministry on there. Uh, we've got um, our books and CDs and MP3s and all that. So just take a few minutes and go over there and I believe it will bless you. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our channel too. And uh, if you like the video, push the like button, praise God. Well, we love you and let's get into the word because this is exciting. This is gonna change your life, amen? But you have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. But I wanna start in First uh, Kings chapter three and I just want to read this story about Solomon as he began his uh, rule as king. You know, his, his father David had died. and uh, But uh, Solomon sought the Lord. It says here in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 3, Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask, what shall I give you? You know, I, I don't know if uh, Solomon was doing everything just right here. Uh, it says that, that he was, you know, going to the high places, but you know what, God met him. You know, God meets imperfect people and changes their lives. And that's called the grace of God. Amen. So be encouraged. And, you know, as you listen to this message and we share about, you know, getting out of debt, do not be condemned if you're in a mess financially. Amen. God's got a good plan for you. And he loves you right where you're at. Amen. All you got to do is just get on the path and he'll show you the way. So it says, in Gibeon, At Gibeon the Lord appeared unto Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? That's good, right? <laughs> What do you want, Solomon? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. So he's humbling himself before the Lord. He says, You know, I, I'm just getting started here. Uh, I do not know how. Have you been there? I do not know how. <laughs> so many times I've been there. Lord, I do not know how to do what you want me to do. I do not know how to overcome this problem. I do not know how to deal with this person. <laughs> I do not know how to deal with this situation. But here, Solomon's getting all this responsibility, and he says to the Lord, how? I don't know how. I'm, a, I'm like a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern 
judge justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. Man, the wisest man on the earth. Praise God. And I have given you what you have not asked. both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So the Lord said, I'm going to give you the wisdom you asked for, but I'm going to also give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you riches and honor. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, God wants us to be blessed financially. Now, this is not about, you know, uh, being greedy or covetous or you know, getting caught up in, in natural riches. But I tell you, God wants to bless you. God wants to wants your children to be fed, cared for, educated. He wants you to be able to give into the work of the ministry. Uh, he wants you to uh, be able to drive a car that's going to get you to work and back. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on. He wants to bless you. He's on your side. Amen. But you see, he does this. The way he blesses us is through wisdom. And when we get wisdom, we also get the other things because God is pleased by us asking for wisdom. You know, over here in the book of Proverbs, and we'll read in the, uh, in the fourth chapter, the seventh verse, and these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Most of the Proverbs were written by Solomon. So he's, he's got all this wisdom from the Lord, and now he shares it with us in the book of Proverbs. And he says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. See, many times we think, well, just, if, Lord, just dump a bunch of money on me. I'm in a mess. You know, and, and God hears your cry, but you know what? You need wisdom. You know, they say that many of the people that win the lottery and they get all these thousands and thousands and even millions of dollars, uh, within a few years, they're right back where they began because they lack wisdom. They don't have discipline. They don't have an understanding how to handle uh, the blessing that came their way or the financial uh, sum of money that came their way. You see, we need wisdom to handle the blessings. Praise God. Now, let's look at another scripture here in, also in the Proverbs, in the 8th chapter, uh, beginning in the 12th verse. It says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance are the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Now here, wisdom is being personified as a person, okay? So wisdom is talking in this Proverbs. By me, kings rule, reign. And we need to pray for our leaders around the world that they'd have wisdom. There's so much trouble in the world today. They need wisdom. And the Bible tells us to pray uh, for those that are in authority, whether you like them or not. Uh, that we might live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness, for this is good and acceptable to God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
But Solomon says, by me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me. Wisdom loves you if you love it, if you love him. <laughs> uh, I love those who love me and those who seek diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. See, not the lottery, but enduring riches. And this would include the riches, well, many riches, spiritual riches, relationship riches, emotional riches, and financial riches. Don't throw out the finances. You know, we need, we need finances to live in this, this earth. It's a tool that we can use for good. Amen. And so, so don't discount that. I mean, don't get, don't get all wrapped up in finances and where you forget about God, but God wants to bless you so you can be healthy, you know, and do what's right on the earth and, and bless people and so forth. So, so he says, I love those who love me and those that seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. So you need wisdom more than you need money. You need wisdom from the Lord. And my revenue than choice uh, silver, I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. So God wants to fill up your bank account. He doesn't want you to be over your eyeballs in debt. He wants you to be free to serve him. Now, one more, one more Proverbs here, because this one kind of clinches the deal here. And this is in the 22nd chapter of Proverbs. And the seventh verse, it says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the servant to the lender. In other words, when you're in debt, you need to do what the lender tells you. The lender tells you, you know, you have to have this certain amount of job, making a certain amount of money, so that you can pay this installment payment. Uh, you become a slave to the lender. Now again, we're not condemning you if you're in debt. We're not saying, you know, that you, you should never be in debt, you know. But for me, praise God, I thank God I'm not in debt. Amen. And uh, it does say in the scriptures in uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 8, Owe no man anything but to love, for the love is the fulfilling of the law. So we need to be in a position where we can love people, not owe them. Amen. And be free of debt. Now, I know a lot of people use debt. We have credit cards we use, you know, every month. But we always pay them off at the end of the, end of the month. And so we're not being legalistic here about that, this idea. We're talking about the spirit of this thing, okay? I mean, everybody has, you know, a utility bill probably that comes every month. You know, in a sense, that's, that's a debt. But some people are owned by um, someone else, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's a control on their life, you know, and that's the way it was in my life. You know, it was controlling my life. I had these children to take care of, a wife to take care of, and, uh, but I had, I had no money. We're just kind of barely scraping by all the time. And what happens is when you're in debt, 
when you have car payments and credit card payments and and you have a mortgage and all these things you know uh, yeah you have so much money that you can use to live on but then another chunk goes to the bank or the credit card company and so your interest is eating up the income that you have so you know you can you might have a tremendous very healthy good job good income but you got all these all this money going out you got all this interest and in, then interest upon interest and gets kind of worse and worse and uh, I think the devil uses it to destroy people and and discourage people and and uh, break up marriages even you know God wants you to be healthy financially and you can be so in my case you know I as I said you know I was having great uh, difficulties uh, kept a dollar in my pocket so I wouldn't go broke but yet you know I was making so many mistakes financially for example I was pastoring a small church I didn't have a great income but I thought I gotta have a nice car so I went out and bought a Chrysler Fifth Avenue anybody remember a Chrysler Fifth Avenue boy it's a it's a nice car I always like nice cars you know but and it's nothing wrong with having a nice car but there's something wrong with buying something that you know you can't afford and so I bought this somehow got the bank to loan me the money bought this Fifth Avenue and driving in style you know but I got one dollar in my pocket to make sure I don't go broke and uh, and so it's controlling me it's controlling what I can do it's controlling my ministry it's controlling my emotions it's controlling relationships it, it's putting a, a, a skew in what I'm doing because I have to follow this pattern of making these payments and paying out all this interest and I, I came to realize that this is not the way to go I began to realize that the borrower is a slave to the lender and uh, I made a decision to get out of debt so we just began to you know um, of course make our payments as best we can but then we would take like one one debt like one credit card and just pay as much as we could each month on that and and begin to pay it down and it was just little by little whittling it, whittling it down uh, kind of you might say slogging along you know doing the best we could to reduce that debt and uh, but you know God honors it when we try and uh, I remember when we first went into the ministry talking about finances we had nothing and we were living in a house that uh, it had an oil burner and it had a wood stove and we had no money to buy oil and we had just a little bit of wood sitting out in the yard and winter was coming on and I thought I got to do something so I went over to uh, a farmer that I knew and and uh, began to cut firewood and you know I I don't think I, there was any way in the world I could have cut enough firewood to to heat our house through that winter but when I went out there the farmer and his father came out with a big grain truck and a bunch of chainsaws and went to work with me and you know we filled up that big old grain truck with wood and and he took it over to our house and dumped it in the front yard so you see I believe that God helps us when we step out and this is true with so many things so many things in ministry in life step out and do something and God will meet you with his power praise God and so you know as I said we began to work at it try to pay down debt 
and so forth. And then uh, my wife's mother died. And, you know, she she lived a good old age. And, and, you know, from that generation, they were much more frugal than our generation. And she had some money. And so uh, Susan, along with her brother and sister, received an inheritance at that time. Well, it's, you know, it's nice to get a bunch of money all the time at one time. But the temptation is, let's go out and buy something. You know, let's buy a new car or, you know, something for the house. or uh, But... No, Susan didn't do that. She just, she bought a computer. She wanted a computer and I don't know, maybe a few things, but she decided that she wanted to invest all that in paying off debt. So we paid off credit card debt. And I don't remember exactly how much we paid off, but it was a pretty good chunk and it helped quite a bit. And then the interest load went down. So then we just continued on doing our best, you know, uh, not, trying not to be a slave to the lender, praise God, and getting, getting out of debt the best we could. And then we went into this ministry that I'm in now, and I needed a car, and uh, made the decision to buy a car for cash. We scraped together some money and bought a $3,000 car. I think it was a maybe a 1990 or 90-something Toyota Camry. And... Uh, it was $3,000. It was a smoker's car. Uh, it, had, it had burn holes in the upholstery on the inside. Uh, it didn't look that good on the outside either. It, was, it just wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't the wonderful, it wasn't the car you would think for the evangelist to travel in. But you know what? That was a bulletproof car. It got me everywhere I wanted to go. I went into Canada with the thing. I traveled hundreds and thousands of miles with that thing. And it, it just never seemed to quit. Praise God. Now, I didn't, I didn't really uh, relish the idea of driving it. It was a little tough. Amen. And, uh, you know, some would say, you know, you should represent the Lord better and have you, have you a Cadillac or something like that. And I, I, liked, I liked Cadillacs back then. Now I, now I don't. But, <laughs> but, you know, that Toyota got me where I was going, got my ministry started. Amen. And I drove it uh, up till 230,000 miles. And I just, I knew it was just time. I needed to to get something different, you know. So I began to look around, decided I'd like to get a, a Nissan Altima. And so I was shopping around, but, you know, they were way out of the price range. And then, then my son called me and told me about one that was available in auction. And, uh, you know, I... I checked it out and, and um, actually drove to the place where the auction was, a different part of the state of Minnesota, but I was on the way to a meeting in northern Minnesota. And I looked at the car and then drove on to my meeting. And then while I was up at the meeting, then uh, we got online and we began to bid for this car. Susan was at home on the computer and I was on the phone talking to her and they said, the next bid is whatever. And, and so we just got together every dime we could, you know, and, and, and we went just as high as we could, but we, we didn't go beyond. We didn't, because we were going to, made up our mind, we were going to buy this car for cash. And by the way, I forgot to say one thing about this right before this happened. At one of my meetings, a pastor gave me $5,000 for a car. And I thought, well, that's a nice down payment on a car, you know, and and the Lord said, no, that's not a down payment. That's for the car. And uh, 
I, I kept looking and looking and I'm getting frustrated and ready to go down to the car dealership and, and get a loan and get a car. And, and uh, Susan said, uh, the Lord told me to tell you, Tom, be patient. <laughs> it's like, okay. So I just calmed down and just kept believing God, drove my Toyota Camry up to the northern Minnesota, drove up to this auction house and, you know, uh, looked at the car. I said, man, this is a nice car. Drove on up. We're on the phone talking to Susan. She's online, you know, and bidding. And she bid it up just as high as she could and got outbid. I said, well, okay. I've got perfect peace about it. You know, just like I had just peace down inside about it. Went ahead, had my meetings, got my car, got my Toyota, started driving back home. And uh, uh, I, of course, drove right past the auction house, looked over to the side, and there's the car still sitting there. I went in and talked to the owner. He says, the person that won the bid reneged. He said, you can buy this car for $7,000 today. It was a 2005 Nissan Altima in very nice condition, had 80-something thousand miles on it. I walked outside, walked around the car, kicked the tires, walked back in. Oh, before I did, I called and talked to Susan. We agreed and walked back in. I said, we'll take the car. I don't think it was a minute later, the owner got a call from his partner who had someone else that wanted to buy the car. I think actually it was a uh, a bank vice president or something. <laughs> and the guy that I had been talking to said, no, I just sold it, too bad, you know? So, and I heard the other guy cursing on the other side because he couldn't sell it to his banker friend. But I got the car, <laughs> praise the Lord. And that was a good car. I think we drove that to about 230,000 also until finally the transmission went out. And then uh, again, we bought another car, cash, another Nissan Altima for like $10,000. Scraped together all the money we could. And these were, it was not easy. You know, when you, you know, it takes basically all the money you can scrape together to buy cash. But we bought the second car for cash also and drove that until uh, last year when we hit a deer with it. And then I started shopping. And this is an interesting story, too, because um, I didn't know what to buy. I didn't run another Nissan because they do have some transmission issues. Don't sue me, Nissan, but sometimes they do have transmission issues. And so I didn't know. So I talked to this friend of mine referred me to um, kind of a wholesale car dealer. And he's a very smart man. And he says, well, you need to either buy a Toyota or a Lexus. Well, immediately I thought, well, I can't afford a Lexus. So I'm shopping Toyotas. I mean, for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, looking online and traveling, looking at Toyotas. But, you know, like we couldn't find anything we liked. And, and the ones we did like were, you know, above our uh, what we could afford with cash. And uh, somehow or another, I ran across a 2013 Lexus hybrid and uh, ended up buying that car cash. That's what I'm driving now. Uh, it gets 40 miles a gallon on the highway and in town. I have had no repairs. It's a beautiful car. 
uh, <laughs> I always like nice cars, right? And nice cars are fine as long as you can afford them. And this car is very practical, but it's also very nice. And I feel the blessing of the Lord uh, upon it. But you see, it's decisions, decisions along the way. Um, another thing that happened then is that uh, my mother lived a full life. And then she died, again, being from the frugal generation. You know, my brother and I shared the inheritance. And uh, there was money there that came our way, you know. And we used that to pay off the mortgage on our farm. Uh, now, again, we could have spent it on something else. And if we had not been exercising diligence over our finances, it would not have been enough to pay, pay off the mortgage. Because you see, we virtually didn't have any other debt. That was about it. And so at that time, we were able to get completely out of debt, including our mortgage. Amen. And um, since that time, then we've been debt free. And we've also then um, had a savings account. You know, it's good to have a savings account. It's a lot better to have a savings account uh, than a mortgage or a uh, installment program. I, I'm really talking more about installment programs because all of us have major expenses. You know, we need a car or we need a washing machine or a refrigerator. It's going to come your way, you know. And if you don't have any money and you need that item, you're going to have to borrow money, see. But if you have a savings account, you know, just put a little bit away each month and it grows. And uh, so, so we've uh, endeavored to do that. And, you know, um, God has blessed that. We've got a little a little something to, to lean on, you know. I just went through a, a real big health issue, and uh, even though we had insurance, it did cost quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, but we made it. I mean, by the grace of God, a lot of people, a lot of our partners helped to support us through that time, you know, and, and, and blessed us financially, but we also had some savings, so... You know, savings will keep you from going under, praise God. So it's good to have some savings. You know, I know it says don't lay up riches on earth where moth and rust corrupt. That, But that's talking about a spirit of greed and being focused on money instead of upon the Lord. Amen. See, you, you let Jesus be Lord of your life. Amen. And let him give you wisdom in your finances. And, uh, you know, he'll give you wisdom to store up a little bit, you know, so that... Uh, uh, on a rainy day, uh, it'll be there. So um, I, I just want to encourage you with that. Now, I know my testimony is different. You might say, well, you had this $5,000. You're a preacher. You got $5,000. You had these two inheritances. It's true. Praise God. Those are great blessings. Those are, you know, and, and there's been miracles along the way that God has done, you know, many, many things. But you see, what I'm telling you today is that you also need wisdom. You can't just be living from miracle to miracle or, you know, waiting for an inheritance or something like that. You've got to exercise some diligence and um, be a doer of the word, you know, and get yourself out of debt. Amen. Because you can do it. So there's two things that going back to the beginning when this all changed, you know, I can 
I can I can remember back then when I realized this isn't working for me carrying around one dollar so I don't go broke and uh, you know I got this nice car but it, the payments are are swamping me you know and I made a decision to get out of debt you know I made a decision to change that's in the Bible it's called repentance amen but there was another thing with that was that I also believed that God was going to help me out of the mess that I was in. It was not that I was just going to slog through and make it on my own, you know, somehow get out of debt, pull myself up by the bootstraps. No, I was going to do this in partnership with God. And you see, you can do that too. And uh, it may not be anything like the way uh, that it was for me. You know, I've got a friend that was so far in debt as a farmer that there was no way in the world he'd ever get out. But God showed him the way out. You know, he got great prices for his cattle when he sold them and many different miracles that, that God did for him. And, you know, he ended up, I think he owns four farms now. And uh, that, that's uh, all that's income for, for him and his wife at this time. So the thing is, we need to yield our life to the Lord and let him have his way. We need to get wisdom. We need to follow the leading of the Lord. God will give you thoughts and ideas and guidance that'll show you the way out of debt and the way into prosperity. Now, I know I just use that word that people don't like, prosperity. And there is an extreme prosperity but I believe that prosperity is obviously scriptural. Uh, Third John, chapter, uh, 3 John uh, verse 2, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants to prosper us, amen. And uh, he wants us to be healthy financially. He doesn't want us to be in greed and focused and consumed about natural things and, and uh, money and goods and and material things but he wants us to be blessed amen he wants us to be able to take care of our family he wants us to be able to give to the work of God you know he wants us to be able to be uh, generous with people and uh, he wants us to have a peace and you know there's it's just real peaceful when you don't have uh, debt and when you've got a little savings you know or, or a lot of savings is okay too but um something anyway as a cushion so um i i just hope that encourages you um and and one other thing i want to say about this is that um in in the uh, new testament in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 it says this it says jesus is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so when you receive Jesus, you receive wisdom. Now, you have to use it. Like, like I said, I was born again, spirit-filled, pastored two churches, all these things, you know, had miracles, uh, had faith in God, you know, but I wasn't using wisdom in the area of finances. So, but <clears throat> what, I'm, what I'm telling you is that when you receive Jesus, Jesus comes into you and he is made unto you wisdom. He becomes wisdom to you. He is inside of you, giving you wisdom. Amen. And so that's why Jesus said, 
you must be born again. You have to have my life come into you. You have to be changed. You have to let me be Lord. And that's the greatest miracle of all is to receive salvation from the Lord. And I tell you, if you haven't received that gift, uh, you can receive it today by choosing to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I just want you to open your heart and we're gonna pray a prayer to receive Jesus. And then after that, I'm gonna lead you in a confession or a prayer for wisdom. Because, you know, how does wisdom come? It comes through prayer. Uh, and James, he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. See, your solution, as I said, your solution may be nothing like mine. You, you, there may be no inheritance involved, but you know what God may do? See, God's bigger than your situation. <laughs> you know, it, it, and the Bible said nothing is impossible with God. You know, even your spiritual condition, you may think, man, God would never accept me. Well, you know what? He's big at accepting people. He'll accept you right where you are. He'll forgive you if you'll turn to him and you'll let him be Lord and you'll believe in him. He'll, he'll get big in your life and he'll do great and mighty things. So just say these words from your heart. Just say, Dear Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on a cross for me 2,000 years ago that all my sins may be forgiven. And now I receive Jesus into my life as Lord and Savior. I confess that Jesus, from this day forth, you are Lord of my life, and I will follow you. Thank you for saving me and making me a child of God. And now, Lord, I ask you to guide me, to lead me, to give me wisdom in every area of life, with my family, with my friends, with my finances, with my health. I ask you for wisdom, Lord. If any man lacks wisdom, any person, any woman, child lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God likes it when you pray that, folks. Lord, give me wisdom. I pray as Solomon prayed, give me an understanding heart. Give me wisdom in the affairs of life. Give me wisdom in my ministry. Give me wisdom in my business. Give me wisdom in my checkbook. Give me wisdom in my marriage. Give me wisdom with my children. Oh God, I need your help. I need your wisdom for my children. I thank you, Lord, that you are with me and you will never leave me nor forsake me. And I thank you that you're with me today. So I honor you and worship you and thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, God bless you. It's been a joy to be with you. And thanks for joining us. And I hope you can be with us next time. Okay, God bless.